Hey, and welcome to Tomorrow. I'm your host, Joshua Tobolsky. Today on the podcast, we discuss figs, sex dolls, and air tags. I don't waste one minute. Let's get right into it. Okay, it's happening. It's really happening. You can't stop it. It feels like it's true. Uh, it's, a, it's, um, it's a movement. <laughs> it's... Uh, a revolution and it's coming to you directly coming directly into your ears right now <laughs> all right well listen it's been a couple of weeks ryan it has been and a I, couple and, of weeks and i gotta tell you it's been a busy couple of weeks yes it, has it not has. Been, <laughs> has not been a slow i wouldn't describe it as a slow few weeks for us or for or for the world really um you know pandemic back on the rise uh, actually, I haven't checked in with the stats. I don't want to. I don't want to bring everybody down right as we start here. Let's see how we're trending. We're hitting a wall of people that want to get vaccinated, so that's great. Well, like I, the vaccination thing is, and I understand it. They're opening the Natural History Museum, which is definitely like uh, ch- some Children of Men type of stuff. Like that, they're they're going to open the uh, Natural History Museum in New York as a vaccination, uh, whatever you call it, site. Like, site yeah but um yeah i don't know i mean it looks like cases are now trending down a little bit i can't tell anymore i'm just so i just want everybody to be vaccinated and i think we've i think we've said it i mean i think we've said it before what i think what we really need is we need an amazon drone to just shoot a vaccine shoot us like a like a dart gun just shoot it at everybody we should hunt down people like animals (laughs) I want the hunter killer from Terminator, but instead of it shooting bullets, it shoots syringes full of vaccines at everybody on the streets. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I want it to like have the thing, you know, where the Terminator can like, you know, they show the Terminator's uh, viewpoint and it's like all the data and it's like, you know, it's like, it's like uh, outlining faces and it's like, oh, target acquired. Like I want that except it like can identify who has the vaccine and who has not gotten it. And then it's just shooting syringes at the, all of the, all of the population. Absolutely. That, I, I mean, think that is, I think that if if we can fund the NYPD, we can certainly fund this. Is that too much to ask that we have a that we have uh artificially intelligent drones shooting syringes at people on the streets of of America? I think it's a simple and frankly very modest request to the to the tech community. Uh so make it happen, you know? This is like the Republicans when they hear when they talk about like um Democrats or like liberals or whatever they talk about now. I don't know what they call. I don't know what they call people who are not uh, Republicans. Uh, but like, <laughs> that sounds right. That sounds right. That sounds medically medically accurate. Uh, but uh, I think that like that's the thing. That's the kind of thing they. I mean, I feel like all the time they're talking about things like, you know, they're like, I'll tell you what's next. They're gonna have a vaccine drone bearing down on you on Main Street. <laughs> like that's like that's what they. They're like they're they, putting they want you to wear. They're putting vaccines they in want the floor ride. Yeah. <laughs> first, they want to put you in a mask. Then they want to shoot you with a vaccine from a from a hunter killer drone from Terminator Three. <laughs> yeah, it's like that's like I'm sorry. Listen, and not to I don't want to. You know, not all Republicans are from the South. 
just the Republican that lives in my mind. Just the most (laughs) annoying ones. (laughs) Just the worst ones. Um, At any rate, so, uh, yeah, so vaccinations, you know, we're not all the way there yet, but it's it's happening. We had a great uh, I I, and I I guess I'm going to just, you know, I'm paying a pat myself on the back because I had this idea. But we did a story Clubhouse, you know, the app where you listen to people talk. We uh-huh. listen to VCs talk about how they don't like the New York Times. <laughs> um, they had a precipitous drop in their downloads this month or last month. It went from like Aww. it dropped like seventy two percent in uh, in March from the previous uh, month. And uh, our headline in the story: COVID nineteen vaccine likely cause of death for Clubhouse coroner rules. And I have to say, it is I, I we I think we've even talked about it on this podcast that the first. Uh, true casualty of the of the uh post-pandemic vaccine boom would be clubhouse and you know it's unsurprising when you really step back i mean by the way the hype machine the venture capitalist hype machine is truly outrageous and should be studied for years to come you can literally uh, just get a feature that was on phones in the 90s and give it a name like like yacht club and get four billion dollars and it's just called yeah (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it's uh, it's honestly like it's it's truly uh, just yeah. I mean, I I don't know. I don't get the, but the hype factor is just has been out of control on some of these things, and it's so obvious that so many of them are going to die. Yeah, I just th- I just think the uh, the VC hype of of stuff. I mean, obviously, is always is always problematic, but like in the pandemic, it really became focused on things that. You can tell the where the bubble really is. You know, you can really see the shape of the bubble. And, uh, you know, the idea, I mean, I think like, honestly, you know, Substack, that's another one that, you know, oh I don't want to go. God. That's, a whole, that's a whole show, you know, but like, but what's going on with Substack and the way that they're structuring their deals and like what you're seeing from the people who are like the most read on Substack, it's just like. This is going to like if you thought medium looked bad and medium, you know, obviously has no clue what they're doing in terms of a business model or in actual media. Um, but if you think medium looks like they've got their, you know, head up their ass, like I think the Substack fallout is going to be make that look like a a a. They're gonna, it's going to make Medium look like the New York Times by comparison. Listen, you know what I mean? There's a hundred hour podcast we could do about Substack, but I and I could just get into a million aspects of why and I can't stand it. However, yeah. the best part, the golden, silver, wonder, whatever, copper lining, uh, 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 the diamond lining for me has been watching progressive journalists try to talk themselves into why it's okay to take a check from Substack on Twitter. They're like, I'm going to change it from the inside and media needs to evolve. And I'm not saying it's perfect, but I'm saying, you know, I, with this platform, I can create opportunity. <laughs> You're like, you just take the check. I mean, just honestly, I would, I would just be like, you know what? It's a lot of money. These people suck, but like, I'm going to build my list and it's I'm going to write some great stuff. Great. And in, in my, when my contract is up in a year, we'll see where things land. And maybe I'll just take my audience and bail. Like, you don't have to explain it. You no. like money. We get it. We all love money. It's fine. You, uh, you don't have to convince me you're a good person. That wasn't a requirement here. <laughs> right. Exactly. So anyway, so so yeah, so Clubhouse is, uh, I, I actually didn't mean to talk about this that much, but Clubhouse is like, you know, uh, very rapidly becoming not the hot no. item, um, which again is, you know, wildly unsurprising. Uh, but yeah, I think we're going through a lot of transition. I mean, I think just more than anything, the... the uh, we're in a like highly transitional state of the world where nothing feels complete. Nothing feels like we've figured out where the end is. 
you know, and I, I, it's a very strange time, very strange time to be alive. And, uh, you know, I can think of no better thing to have happen during that period than for new IMAX to be announced. Oh, my God. So, oh, my God. Let's talk about Apple. First off, these AirTags, I don't care that they took 100 years to come out and that it, it's been like peekaboo with the rumors on these. They are they look so good. I want to buy like 100 of them. I, they, are, they are these little um, keychain dongle tags, like these dots that fit into a variety of little spaces um, that you can get them engraved to say whatever you want or an emoji. Um, and they are basically just the ideal sci-fi tracker. Like it tells you specifically where the thing you lost is. And when you point your phone at it, it beeps and it like vibrates and it vibrates more the closer you get. And it makes it super easy to find things. And for someone with literally no object permanence, because I have ADHD, and if you Google it, that's like one of the huge under-discussed symptoms. Is that like, oh, oh, that would know, explain that explains a lot in my life. If you don't know where the thing is, it can send you into a spiral, and also like everything needs to be in its little home that you've come up with for it. And and, and like for me, if I accidentally put my phone down while I'm juggling different items, I have no idea where I put it. If I accidentally put my keys in the wrong spot or give my keys to John and he puts them in the wrong spot, it will derail me for like 25 minutes. And this would change all of that. And I need I need them. I they're four for a hundred dollars. That's very affordable to me. I only have I only have one complaint. And that complaint is that the so I just bought it's funny because I bought Laura for Christmas the uh, two tile products. I bought her one that goes in a wallet and then the one that like goes on a keychain. And she basically like didn't use it until uh, like a few weeks ago, like didn't set it up until a few weeks ago. And then the day of the announcement, she literally like lost her phone and was like, I need to find my phone. And she, I'm like, well, like, you know, we were kind of looking around the house and she's like, oh, the tile thing is supposed to do this, but like it probably won't work. And you know, the tile, you can like press it. You like double tap the actual little tag and it rings your phone and it worked, completely worked. And so I was like, wow, like this is a good gift. It, it really paid off. Um, so I really, but, but, but like it doesn't do the kind of tracking that Apple is doing with the AirTag. I really like what they're doing. I'm actually very disappointed to find out that they are not, they don't have, it's not a two-way thing, which I think is, my only knock on the product, which I guess like it's fine because they have find your iPhone in a lot of other ways. And maybe they're like, we already have this covered in different ways and you don't need to like, you know, but I think it would be really helpful if you could like push a button. I also think the Samsung smart tag does this. I have one of them, but I, I really barely ever use it. Um, but it would be really great if it could, it could work in that two way uh, capacity. But I do think like, I will say I read Ray's review of it, which obviously I encourage all humans to do. And um, I was like, okay, I, I got to get this. Like, I kind of want this. You know, I read his review and I was like, this is very useful. Like, all the time I, I misplace my keys. Like, I just, for whatever reason, or like Laura moves them. Like, I put my keys down and then Laura moves them and I'm like, where are my keys? And I think that um, this kind of thing is like really, potentially really helpful for like I, that I, just I, very small use case but i, I just want to pop open things that i own like my laptop or like i want to pop open like um uh our electric scooter which um i'm always scared is going to get stolen even if we're like we have our hands on it like i just i assume someone's going to punch me in the face and steal the scooter i want oh to gosh. like use a screwdriver to open its guts shove an air tag in there and close it so that even if it did get stolen i would know where it was and for 25 bucks that's a great deal for me and a great value. And I want to stick these things on everything. Um, yeah. I mean, I just like 
the idea that I could pop open my PlayStation's little that like white vinyl side thing that it has, get some crazy glue and stick an air tag in there, and if anybody ever stole my PlayStation, like it's 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 irrational, but it makes me feel so much better. And um, so yeah, I want a whole bunch of these unabashedly. I don't care. I don't care. Capitalism did one good thing this week. No, I think that there's. I really do think there's a lot of uses for it, and I think that Apple like. As usual, they've got the user experience part of it in, in down to a to a level where I think for most normal people who don't really want to spend a lot of time setting things up and fucking around with things, like this will be a much easier solution for them and will just work. It it will just work. Unfortunately, I'm sorry for every, <laughs> for everyone. Um, and I think that's a I think that's just a huge deal with a product like this because it feels like a complicated idea. Kind of like you're like, okay, so I put the tag on things and then I have to like set it up. And it's like, you know, you're kind of like, all right, now I'm like, there's a whole other process for, you know, figuring out where my stuff is. And I I think Apple has streamlined that in a way that is obviously going to be very beneficial for most like kind of average users. But I will say, like, I didn't want a tile for whatever reason. Like, I didn't feel like I needed it. This to me feels like something that I could really use, like for sure, at least when it comes to my keys, definitely something I could really use. So, I mean, you know, that wasn't the biggest announcement they made, but I mean, it's it's interesting. The big announcement is like these new iMacs, yeah, right? Yeah, is that yeah. The, Let's talk about these new very gay iMacs. Yeah. So they so they're uh, first off they're in rainbow colors, mm-hmm. which, I mean, I've been saying for a very long time. I think, as you know, uh, that computers are just super boring i mean all f- technologies looks really boring and obvious uh and i think it's like we're long overdue for some ingenuity someone in uh, our um slack said uh took one of their ads that said like sorry they don't come in beige about the imax from the late 90s those like candy colored ones and like crossed it out and was like sorry they don't come in brushed metal aluminum <laughs> yeah i mean it's yeah yeah i think jack our designer was talking about it and it was like it's like it is kind of crazy that we've just been I mean, this is this is why, like, I think some of the things that Samsung has been doing in some other companies with, you know, in terms of materials and colors and stuff, like, is just so much more interesting. It's so boring to look at these products and just go, like, I don't know, man. This is, like, I use this thing every day. It's very important to me. I, like, it sits on a desk, a nice-looking desk around, surrounded by other nice-looking things. I have, like you know, custom keyboards that I pay a lot of money for that I buy for specific, you know, reasons, some visual and some otherwise. And like Apple's making like the same laptop it's been making for like 20 years. I mean, when did they start making, if you look at like, if you look at the... the, the I would say you know, the PowerBook, the the silver PowerBook is where there's the origin of like the exact same aesthetic that they've been yeah, using on their laptop. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so it's like, and so it's like PowerBook, you know, four. How long? I mean, it's and everybody follows them. By the way, that's the other thing is that most people are like, "Oh, well, what if Apple's doing it like this? Then we should just do it like that because you know we don't want to like, we don't want to risk it. We don't want to do something weird. We don't want people to you know get uh, not like our product because it comes in you know pink or something. And uh, so you know the entire industry has been doing the same thing for ever. And so it's nice. I'm glad they're using different colors. It'd be cool if they explored some other materials. It'd be great if it wasn't just like I mean, I get that the, I get that this type of product and this type of material makes sense, but you know, it's just nice to see some experimentation or at least a little bit of fun. I do think though, Ray wrote a, a piece 
about again Ray Ray's been killing it on this stuff but he wrote a piece about you know what what the iMac seems like it should be doing but doesn't and he kind of compared it to the um Surface Studio which is a really interesting product that I think has utility for people that are um you know in in creative industries where it basically kind of can fold down and has this huge touch screen and you can draw on it and stuff and it's really cool I mean, it it's a really super cool product be creative and yeah and i th- and cool. i think his and his point with these with these new m1 iMacs is that they're basically huge ipads and the truth is like the apple's biggest problem right now is that the difference between an ipad and a computer is increasingly uh like non-existent almost and it's almost like they're like, well, we're going to neuter the features of the iPad because if we make it too good, then people will buy that instead of a laptop. And it's like, but we won't just, put a touchscreen on the Macs because if we do, then people won't buy the iPad, which is the one right. It's buy like, the iPad. It, yeah, and it's like I think it's it's at some point it, you kind of have to admit what the use cases are, like. If you're, I get that you like you love the portability of an iPad. If you're an artist for certain things, like totally true. But there are also a lot of professional artists and you know designers and uh, uh, editors and stuff. And it's like the, the utility of having both the touchscreen and the drawing options plus a big ass screen that you can sit down at and really go to work on with a super powerful, uh, uh, you know, uh, CPU and GPU. Like there is an advantage to that too, and it feels like. My iPad, I've been traveling. My iPad is, oops, my iPad oh, there is. It go, there it goes. <laughs> I've been traveling. My iPad is much heavier than my laptop. And time for it. You were going to buy a new iPad anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> I just did that on purpose. I know I have evidence for my insurance people. No, the iPad Pro, I have the iPad Pro with the stupid magic keyboard attachment. And it's so bad. It's so heavy and clunky and hard to use and hard to position. It's like, I'm sorry, but I would pay if you were like, okay, we've made a computer that is isn't is like a laptop, but then you can pop the display off and it's an iPad. I would happily pay Apple double for that product. Like, yeah. or, or at least like the equivalent of those two products, right? Like if your computer's a thousand bucks and your iPad is like 700 or whatever they're charging for like the base... What's the iPad Air? How much do they charge for that? Um, it's it seven like five hundred dollars top end one, or it's like six. Oh, well, oh whatever. I'm Air? just saying. Yeah, it's like it might be six hundred dollars for the base level. Yeah, I'm just saying. Like you know, imagine paying like eighteen hundred dollars for a computer that also is an iPad. Like I'm, I'm, I'm open to that idea. Like that doesn't sound crazy to me. But maybe also, it's not that. It's just. It's just a matter of like, why are you making me learn two ways of doing things, even as a creative oh my God. person? Like, yes. I, I, on the iPad, I have to do, use separate apps in a completely different way to edit a photo, even with Photoshop on the iPad. And then on the Mac, it's a completely different thing. So, like, it's it's difficult enough for me to switch my brain between the two. Sometimes it's just I'm like, I don't want to pull the other one out, even though it might be easier, because then I have to just like change how I'm working. But then my parents come to me and they're like, "What should I buy?" And I'm like. I mean, I guess just a Mac because all the things you'll learn on the iPad don't apply to the Mac and you can do more on the Mac. So I guess just get a Mac. It's like not a great idea. Like I get what Apple was doing by like trying to have two product lines and market them to different people. And then some people buy both like great. We've double dipped. But I just think at this point it's becoming so clear that the iPad is just a Mac with like uh, a removable screen that doesn't run Mac OS. I mean, now we know for a fact that the internals of these things are the same yeah i mean 
right? The new iPad is an M1, right? So it's like, there's absolutely no way in hell that you couldn't just, and I'm sure somebody will figure it out at some point. They're going to hack an iPad to run like Big Sur or whatever. And like, why wouldn't it? I mean, you could definitely have a unified, I mean, Big Sur, like the OS, Mac OS has been moving closer to mirroring the functions of an iPad. And I an can iPhone. run any iPhone or iPad app on my Mac now. So Right. So like so what are we doing here? Like what is happening here? I think they have an insanely confused product strategy. And I think that like when I when I use let's put it this way. I got an M1 Mac and my iPad usage has dropped to almost zero. Mm-hmm. Where I was like grabbing my iPad and like going to like sit down somewhere and like use it for extended periods of time not plugged in because it's an iPad and it has great battery life, I now just grab my laptop like nine times out of 10 because I'm like, oh, I don't have to plug this in for like 10 hours or 12 hours or whatever. It's like the battery life alone is like, okay, I know I think of this now like any of my other Apple products, which is like on I'm not going to be charging this too regularly, like once a day, maybe like at night. And so so I think that like there's just a very confused situation where um They've they are halfway there, and they've got and w- at least with the iPad, I think they have a very very bad operating system problem. I mean, I find using the iPad for with a keyboard and a trackpad to be an extremely ham fisted experience. They're doing like, a lot to make the trackpad work and to like try to make the iPad at all not just an iPhone or just a shitty Mac. Like they're doing a lot to be like, look at this little feature we shoehorned in and we changed the visual style of this thing. And I get it, but it's a lot of wasted manpower when you could literally just take, take a couple of years, fold Mac OS and iOS into something, into one thing that works really well, has a great unified interface, allows me to have multiple options for input. You know how to do it. You have the money, you have the R and D, you have the software engineers just sit down and do the thing that you've da- been dancing around for 10 years. Just more. Just sit and do the thing. And, and and like, you will crush everybody else because guess what? Microsoft's been trying to do the thing for a while and Windows has its own unique problems that keeps them from being able to do the thing. So you do the thing and and you'll print money. Like, I... I, I <laughs> yeah, 100%. And I think that, um, I think that there's something that's really like... I mean, I love... I mean, I I really like my Surface. I use it all the time. I find it to be very enjoyable. I mean, I will say when I think about what Apple would do if I could have a laptop that also had like pen functionality and touch functionality, I just think the experience would be seamless and very good. And I want them to do it. Like, I and I like the... the, I, I think the form factor has proven itself. So... You know, it's kind of like, anyhow, whatever. I mean, I'm happy they made new computers. I'm glad they're moving towards this kind of like unified ARM architecture. I'm glad that they have had these huge advancements in um, performance. I mean, my M1 Air is unbelievably good at computing. Although it did completely crash today for no apparent reason, just absolutely stopped and shut down and rebooted, which I haven't seen in a super long time. But like other than that, I mean, it's been, it's rock solid. And it is like, I would say the transition from, from Intel to, to the ARM CPUs is like kind of unbelievable how seamless it's been. So like, you know, Apple's done a very good job with that. And I think it's very good that they're kind of unifying the, the hardware as well as the soft. Well, they're unifying the hardware. They're not unifying the software in any meaningful way. And it's sort of aggravating at this point. So, like, 
I think the next stage for them, there's a report today. Uh, I think Mark Gurman at Bloomberg had a story that, you know, Apple's planning to make some improvements uh, to, they're going to do some things to the iPad. Like they're going to allow widgets, which is another insane. Think about this. They introduced widgets on the iPhone like last year, right? Or two years ago? Last year? I yeah. can't remember now because my brain is it's last year, I think. Last year. And and it you can't put them on the iPad. They they introduced a whole way of having like st- you know, having your apps kind of arranged it in these like It makes me so mad that we drawers. don't have the and app then I go thing. to Ugh. Yeah, and I and I pick up my I had to I basically just handmade app drawers for myself with folders because me too. I was like this is this is so stupid. So I now have one I basically was like, "Well, I want to be able to see widgets and I want to have all my apps in one place." So I just put everything in a folder and I just only use the first screen of the iPad. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but like, how could you not just like make this work for the fucking iPad? Like, why wouldn't you just be like, Oh, the software is universal because it's the same platform. It's insane to me because that's how it works on the Mac. You, you go yeah. to the like app li- pull up thing. The, the launch pad or you whatever. have like the launch pad is how they want you to be using it. i don't actually use it i just use finder because i'm old school but like that is how it's supposed to work on the mac so if you're saying that the ipad's supposed to be closer to a computering experience like you have all those ads that are like what's well, a computer um then just do yeah. the thing that's working everywhere else it's what bothers me is that they do all these segmented things these artificial differentiations between the softwares to make this hardware differentiation like pop or whatever so they can have multiple lines of revenue but what bothers me is that you're only doing that to the people who are the most frustrated because they're power users and we all know what you're doing is like artificial and so just get your teams together and have them have your different teams i understand though there's a lot of egos in the room hash it out and just come up with whatever works the best and just use it everywhere Seriously, it's very dumb. Anyhow, I mean, I'm sure uh, d- two years from now, this is like, I mean, that's the like thing. When the, two years, three like years, when, they'll have it. Yeah, it's like when the iPhone didn't have copy and paste, and everybody was like, "Why would this not have copy and paste? This doesn't make any sense." And then eventually it did, and nobody talks about it anymore. But at any rate, uh, all right. So what else is going on? I mean, was there other? There's no other really. Like, there's a new Apple TV. I'm like, whatever. It has a, the remote has a mute button. I think eh. that's great. I don't use the volume on the remote, so not yeah, really an issue for me. But I have so what many ways to watch streaming apps that it's like, okay, I, I would love Apple to have a good TV product just because Apple Arcade is getting good, and I feel like that would be a cool way to like play those yeah. games. Yeah, there's some good Apple Arcade stuff like Wonderbox, which is a game that I don't know if you've been playing at all, but is mm. Zelda and I have been playing, and it's really cool because it has a bunch of it's it has a bunch of world building. Uh, I mean, you can basically create your own games in it, which is very, very cool. It's very like it's almost like Minecraft meets uh, Diablo meets uh, Mario Maker. Yeah, is how I would describe yeah, it. Yeah, and and it's like it's it's very fun. And Zelda's made some really interesting levels with it. And uh, you know, I think like Apple Arcade has been getting better. I still think there's some major problems with it. More than anything, like Apple Arcade is good because Apple just basically admits that the rest of their app store is a shit show and <laughs> they need to give people some like real games that aren't like you don't want to play this the the family guy tapathon game <laughs> oh my god i mean I, there's so many <laughs> there's so many crazy sc- a lot of people have been talking about the uh, how bad the app store is but like they haven't even scratched the surface on like the bad game scam shit that is going on especially for kids games which I'm not going to get into at this point but it, you know it anyhow the point is apple arcade kind of exists to like 
give you an option out of that, which I think is fair. And there it's are some a way to games. say like these games are good. Don't worry. <laughs> but by com- but by comparison to a real, I mean by comparison to a real, you know, like a PlayStation or an oh, Xbox well, I mean, of course, or a Steam. It's literally like, it's not... a single Switch is better. A single Switch game is better than like you know a better experience yeah. than all of the app apple arcade games but you know i already own a phone so if you can bring me good games cool and if they're that good that i would want to play them on my tv like maybe an apple tv for 100 bucks or 200 bucks not like the worst idea i Um, mean their their big issue is like they should just have a first party controller and be like here's the experience and just they should give you a controller with every iphone and ipad it would cost them almost nothing it would encourage literally nothing games yeah they would kill the nothing stopping them exactly i agree well, I don't know if they, I mean, th- that's a whole other thing. I mean, forget about portability, but they could literally give you one that's like when you get an Apple TV. I mean, I never play games on my Apple TV because I'm not going to go to the trouble to like pair, pair a special, like, no. oh, I have to take my PlayStation controller now and pair it with this. Like, I'm not going to do that. No. You know, it just, but, but if they shipped it with one, I absolutely would play it. Yeah. I mean, honestly, no question. just buy the like, you know, backbone people or buy the Razer Kishi designs. And just send that with phones and then just pop out the middle part. And, like, it's a good controller. Just pop out the middle part that the phone goes in and send it with an Apple TV. Like, I, I would definitely use that. But, you know, uh, you know, we're, t- we're trying to talk sense to... Um, you know, no one's listening. No to one's to listening a Medusa to company where, like, well, I, I think Apple is increasingly... I, I mean, I, I, Apple has always been so unified in its approach and its attack strategy. And right now it just, it feels more and more like the different parts are floating away from each other, which in some ways is a relief because you're like, well, at least they're trying something new over here. And Hey, Apple arcade, that's a weird idea. It's working pretty good. Hey, look, they're doing this thing, but it doesn't feel like Apple one felt like an attempt for them to pull all the pieces together. And it has not exactly set the world on fire. Yeah. I would say, um, I would definitely say that that's true. Uh, I mean, a little bit of chaos is good for Apple. I mean, generally, because there's there's such like because it's know, a, the opposite of <laughs> the trains always know. run on time sort of yeah, company. But, <laughs> but it's like it's there's a lot that's like you kind of are. I mean, I understand maybe they don't want to get into gaming in a significant way. Maybe it's just like a nice little maybe it's a hobby for them, as we've heard Apple talk about before. But uh, it doesn't seem like a hobby. It seems like they're making real investments in it. So if you're going to make investments in it, like also a hobby, it's the most lucrative entertainment industry on earth and you're a computing company like you want to just leave money on the table i guess because like i get the app stores printing money that's great what if it was like printing more money like i don't right well that's (laughs) yeah i don't see them being like we don't like the money that's that doesn't sound like them to me so um at any rate so i think yeah so i think that um look apple's announcements are fine they're good they're great I have no problems with them, really. I actually haven't even looked at the. Um, I ha- how much are they selling the IMAX for? Like, I haven't even looked because I'm not uh, buying a desktop computer. The only desktop computer I'm buying is one that plays games uh, with ray tracing. So yeah, I I, I can't see what like I it looks very cute, and I'm like, wow, I love the design, but I can't see like myself ever purchasing an iMac again. But I'm trying to see what's the top end here. I mean, this is basically just uh, my laptop with a bigger screen, right? I mean, that's. Yes, it's the M1 eight core. I mean, which I think is what I got in my in my. I like the colors. The top end inch display. So they're all twenty four inch. Seventeen hundred bucks before customizations, and the bottom version costs thirteen hundred bucks before customizations. What color would you get? 
The red. I'm torn or between the purple and the, the green. Pink. I like the red and the green. Oh, the green's nice. I kind of like the purple. Well, I guess it's pink. It's hard to tell because the it's the pink monitor. and I think it's I think it's it's like red and pink. I don't get uh, the white bezel, but I do think it's. I guess that's better than a black bezel. But I feel like they should have just had no bezel. Like you know why they did wh- this white bezel? Uh, to annoy me? No, so I that think. they can remove it later, and you would be like, "Ooh, so sleek, so refined." And all they did was change I, the color of the bezel. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's possible. Like, I'm willing to be like, you're, "They're sneaky enough to do such a thing." <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's fine. It it certainly harkens back to the old IMAX. Like, I I gotta say, anybody who buys like the silver one is sad and it's blows just and like I'm, the old IMAX I, in the same way that um they both have terrible fucking mice. What's really funny? What's really funny is it is that if you look at the silver version of it, it just immediately is like the other iMac. It's like, oh yeah, that's what an iMac looks like. Yeah, like it's crazy how much the color actually makes a difference. So yeah, these these are two tone colors. It's like red and pink, basically. I guess I don't, I'm not a big fan of red as a color, personally. Mm. I like I do like the green. That's quite nice. I like at any the rate. Green. I don't. It's refreshing. I, I have zero use for this thing, but man, it is nice looking it is cool looking. if i was like, to set design um an office or like you know if i was to set design some kind of tv scene where there had to be an imac in the shot i would be thrilled but i'm not gonna go out and buy one as like a human being in the world <laughs> yeah i think it has like four usb-c ports at the back it's like no I sd card it. slot <laughs> no sd card slot now you just hang a dongle off there man. yeah um i mean i i will say you know well, I guess like yeah, I'm looking at it now, and I'm like, I, they need to do this with the laptops first off. They need to make color. They they're gonna do color laptops, right? I'm begging. I mean, at this they point. have they have to, they have to. I don't see how they don't. Honestly, it would be a dream uh, for me, especially if they made them translucent. <laughs> well, I don't think they're gonna make them translucent because no, they're made of metal. I'm just. Joking I think you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna have an issue with that. The but old like candy color. But no, I mean these are very attractive, and uh, and I like them a lot, and I would buy one if I needed one. Now the important thing is that they're making the accessories in the colors, right? Yes. Um, like they don't ship. Do they ship with a keyboard or no? They ship with a keyboard. They ship with the Touch ID keyboard. Wait, they do? Yes. Oh, can I buy the Touch ID keyboard? Yeah, that's you what can I, also this buy is... one separately. I know that Tony loves when I just shop on the on the podcast. I know that's one of his favorite things that I do. Um, all right, what else is happening? What else is going on? Um, do you want to talk about sex dolls? Oh yeah, I mean, you mean like uh, just casually or specifically? <laughs> we have a story on the site about how yeah. sex dolls are the new influencers, where these accounts are being are, are like Instagram mostly accounts that are like I'm a sexy sex doll, and it's like someone I guess like impersonating the doll like I, I don't know what the word is i like, mean they're 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 in, they're in the voice of the they're doll. larping they're yes, the, yes yes i yes, i yes. so i saw have you have you watched um uh made for love i the watched series? the first episode last night did you not like it i loved it i just have okay I, so I passed out <laughs> so, so there is a so there is a i don't know if they get to it in the first episode or not but there is a there is a plot point about a sex doll in the show Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's and they really explore it, and I don't know. I don't think it's a spoiler to say this because it, if it's not in the first episode, it's like very yeah. quickly in the second. Um, I this seems to be like there is a trend here where like where where that sex dolls have evolved the, the whole culture of and 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 by the way, I'm I'm you know in no way endorsing or 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 even saying you know that I don't endorse 
you know, people who have relationships or are really into sex dolls, like do whatever you want. Like I'm, I don't, you're not hurting anybody. It's fine. You know? Um, but I do think that in, during the pandemic, something has happened. I mean, I think partially it's like people are really lonely. There are people who are really lonely and your options for becoming less lonely have been greatly reduced. And like, you know, there clearly is for certain people something to be said for the companion, for any companionship, even if it's an inanimate object that you have to basically like imprint an identity upon uh, in your mind. And I think like, you know, I I, I think this is the kind of thing that's ripe for uh, derision. And I uh, like, look, I'm not like this is a cool thing and we should all be doing it. I, I have, you know, I don't have a strong opinion, I guess. But but it is, but, it yeah, is I like, think, like more in- there is it is. The, the criticism of it is, I mean, I think, like, of course, people get relief from this, so great. But the criticism of it being, don't have, don't create a romantic interest or partner or friend for yourself that is also an inanimate object, because it, it might just train you to think that that's what people should be to you. Yeah, I mean, it definitely, you know, the, the a negative takeaway is, like, this is, like, just, you know, a, a, another way to objectify women and I mean, this in this particular case, we're talking about. I think almost all, you know, I don't know if there. Are, I assume there are male sex dolls. You just don't hear a lot. They're about not them. as advanced because there's not uh, as much investment into the male. Yeah, sex go go industry. go figure. And so and so, you know, I do think, of course, there's that. I mean, look, they're fucking sex dolls. Okay, I mean, their 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 whole entire purpose is to be objectified. But I um, but 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 I mean the. To the point, though, there's very few avenues for relief for people who are lonely or don't have, like, sexual outlets. Like, there's very few socially acceptable avenues for relief. Um, Sex work is illegal in most of the country, unfortunately. Um, And so if this brings someone a level of comfort in a way that, like, I don't know how else they would be comforted, you kind of have to weigh the pros and the cons. And I think creating at least a healthy, more public dialogue about it is probably better than having them like, you know, incels in their rooms with the door sealed shut, like talking to the doll. Um, it would be better if this person's like, you know, I use this toy when I'm having when I'm horny and and the, I understand that it's a toy like that would be, a, I think, a healthier way to yeah. go about this. So certainly seems healthier to me. Yeah. But uh, but then again, I, I don't know what it would be like to be in a relationship with uh you know with a doll maybe it's great maybe it's actually the way to go but i i think what my takeaway from this was more like oh a doll can do the job this is so mean but a doll can do the job of an instagram influencer as well as a human being because like it just needs to have pretty images and nice captions and, you know, comment back to you occasionally to give you that shot of dopamine and the, like, feeling of being perceived. Um, post stories with interesting updates. You know what I mean? Like, that's really all people ask out of influencers is, like, nice images and the occasional, like, recognition from them. And, like, yeah. a parasocial, like, they can project all these things onto them. That Dolls are great at that. And, if anything, it speaks to how shallow and... Um, how shallow the influencer economy is and how much uh, influencers work influencers and that whole like segment of advertising has done to convince us that there is further value to what they're doing than just selling you stuff and being pretty. And um, I guess maybe there isn't, you know what I mean? Like little Michaela tells us anything. It's that you don't need to be a sparkling, amazing person. You could just be a computer model. Well, I think, I I think, I think the reality is that the, the world of the influencer is a world. I mean, it's entertainment. 
for other people for the most part. Now, I mean, I, I guess obviously people aspire to be that, but to me, the influencer, it's like, like a modern day model or in a or magazine yeah, or or an magazine. actor or even an actor where it's like, but the but instead of acting in a movie, they act or a TV show, they act like on the internet and like their their job is to project like a character. The character is. I am. I go to like crazy parties, and I'm like get all this like free fashion, and I oh my and god, this, everything like, beautiful, is drag. Yeah, I live this beautiful life, and you know, it's like I mean, everything the, is drag. Paris Hilton turned drag into regular life, and then we all did it. That's I'm having well, like a mind blowing moment. I mean, we 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 yes, I mean we have. I mean, the. I was actually just talking to to uh, someone about this, about the kind of end of celebrity. And I know people say this stuff. They've said this a lot. And they talk about like, oh, well, if everyone's a celebrity, then no one's a celebrity. And the truth is that's that's actually – that is true in some way. And the concept of what a celebrity is is changing. And I think like one of the things that's happening that – is not just influencer culture or internet culture or social media or whatever, but also like in streaming culture, like things are the sum of their parts now more than they've ever been in the sense that like I I couldn't name, I know there are now are people from the show Bridgerton who are like, who have been, who are now famous. But before that show aired, I'm not sure that I would have been able to tell you a single person's name on the show or who, like who they were, where they came from or why I should care about them. And and overnight, it that show went from being no nobody's ever heard of it to being the thing that everybody talked about in the world. And the people who were on that show went from being like basically nobody's to like celebrities who are hosting Saturday Night Live. And I think that like that pipeline has dramatically changed. I think that it is it is there's so much there are going to be so many fewer like Brad Pitts. Like when you think about like or like Tom Cruise or uh, uh and you know, yeah Jolie infinitely or more. You know what I mean? Like, well, there's well, a Brad Pitt more, but, for every state, but, every town. You know what I mean? Well, but, but it's like cheap it's like, but knockoffs. It's like, but it's like the more of them that exist, the lower the value of all of them generally. In, yes. in the sense of right, like it's almost like music. Like there used to be like four people who were pop stars. Yeah, you know, it's like Madonna, Michael Jackson, Prince, and Whitney Houston. You know, yeah, Whitney Houston. Okay, like who? I mean, there's like a whole. There's like okay, it's more than four, but it's like that. Okay. Yeah. And now it's like there are so many. Right, there yeah. are so many that one everybody has one that can be their favorite. Two, all of them can have a can have their moment or moments. And three, nobody really cares that much. Like nobody really cares. Like, and that's I think partially like you could. I mean, there is. I'm not trying to work towards a grand unified theory of everything here, but like you know, when you think about think about how many new artists have died in the last like five or ten years. People who were like, oh, they're awesome. And then, like, two weeks later, everybody's like, they're dead now. Yeah. Like, I can think of, like, the for instance, like, SoundCloud rappers, like, that whole genre. I can think of a ton of people off the top of my head who were literally, like, they're on the cover of a magazine or they are, oh, they're the hot shit. Like, they're going to be huge. And then, like, two weeks later, they're dead. And now they are just basically almost erased, you know? And I think, like, this – we've accelerated and flattened the cycle of celebrity in a way that is, like – kind of fascinating and in some ways very good but then in other ways like absolutely tragic and awful and depressing and like i just hope that what i hope the end result of all of this is is that we we start to think about we start to realize that like people giving you attention and you like getting paid for that attention 
is less important than other things that you might do in life. And that like there's a fleetingness to it that that should make it less valuable to us. That there is like that like the connection between you and your audience is much more fleeting than connections like between you and your family or your friends or you and a th- you know doing work that you love or whatever the thing is, you know. I, I think that um so it's interesting to see the this kind of like so getting back to the sex dolls thing, I mean I think to your point, I mean you were like everything is drag. I think there is a point here which is the you can be just as big a fan and have exactly the same relationship with a virtual person on the internet and through social media as you can with like an absolutely 100% real person. Yeah. And and the differences are frankly negligible. Like the differences are like, oh, well, well, I know one is real and, and I know one isn't, but like a lot of people don't care. I mean, Lil Michaela is a great example. I think, I th- hope the majority of people who see Lil Michaela are like, that's not a real person. This is not a, this is not an actual, the actual Lil Michaela talking to me on Instagram. But that does not stop that character from becoming wildly popular and people conversing with that person as if they are a person. So, yeah, I mean, I think that that if anything, the sex doll story just further magnifies the reality that we're living in, which is like our relationship with what a celebrity is or what an influencer is or what, you know, what will what passes for um, what what will hold our attention is has changed dramatically and is in a, in a state of intense flux and evolution right now that like I, you know, could have very negative, could have very negative results, but almost more likely I think we'll have positive results. I do think the worst part of all of this is that young people, kids are like, what I really want to do when I grow up is like be like a, a, like a creator or whatever. And it's like, if you, if the only thing you create is content that is like the existence of it is to create content to me, that feels very, sad yeah i was gonna say like i you know you look at the influencers and the prank youtubers and the like heavily filtered beauty gurus like all of this and i i'm gonna sound so old but i don't care at this point because i have to live my truth i'm so happy that my brain development got to finish right before all of this because like if you're under 25 and your frontal lobe doesn't work i don't know like if you're a 14 year old girl on the internet, like, I don't know what Lil Michaela and the sex doll influencers and the beauty filters and, like, unlimited porn and, like, I, I'm not, I don't want to be a prude and say, like, it's all bad, but we just don't know what that's going to do to people or, like, what's going to do to kids developing brains. And some kids who have parents who have the money and the power to be present in their lives will have the best of this, all right? Like, Zelda has curated games on her iPad that you play with her. You get to spend time with her. You can put things into context. You can tell her she doesn't get an Instagram account. Some parents work, I mean, and and it's not your fault, but, you know, and it's not their fault. It's just our horrible society. Some parents work three jobs and their kids are being babysat all the time and the babysitter just gives them the iPad and they have unlimited access to all of this. I'm, I'm, I don't know where it goes, but I can't imagine it's all good. Um, yeah. And it does, that stuff gives me pause, but I guess if you're in a developed adult, 
like of course you should have all these options and tools in front of you and maybe it's good that we split the, like i kind of think in some ways it's good that we took the britney spears of the world and chopped her up into multiple different jobs like we're like okay these people dance professionally these people are style influencers <laughs> this person is like you know writes cute little novels you know what i mean like we're not asking pop stars to be everything to everyone all the time and like be worshipped like you know virgin sacrifices that's good in some ways but in other ways it's a little troubling that like yeah a prank youtuber who like plugs flat, flat tummy tea to seven-year-olds is probably richer than any author outside of like celebrity authors like jk rowling you know what i mean yeah 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 i mean it's definitely like um yeah it's an interesting moment in in evolution for what we for how we think about like what people can be and what they're supposed to be i mean i think I, I, I tweeted about this the other day, like a few weeks ago. I was like, I, I think the pandemic more than anything has kind of broken down our the notion that pe that there is a big plan, that there's always like a that there's like a way that things go, there's a way that things are done, and that somebody somewhere has like is steering. Yeah. Even if it's like even if it's steering in a way you don't like, even if it's steering um just big parts of it that kind of trickle down. And now I think like what we've seen, the utter kind of like chaos of the pandemic has been like nobody has a plan. Nobody really knows what to do when the shit hits the fan. Yeah. Some people are better at it than others, obviously. Some people have more answers than others that you can actually count on for, re for sure. But like generally speaking, the arrangement of life that we had been living for, I mean, certainly all of my adult life and, and through all of my childhood is, is I think, severely broken down at this point. And it's clear that, like, living, trying to live in somebody else's world or worldview is impossible for a lot of people. And, and there's really f good reasons for that. But it's also true that, like, you know, it's unclear what the general shared worldview is at this point. You know, I mean, we've like, all leaned so heavily into escapism in the way of like, not just, you know, uh, like, oh, I'm going to read a novel, like uh, escapism by way of like living vicariously through things, watching old movies, you know, talking to people through filters and, and playing games with them. And like we at this point, America has thrown itself into what has long been its, its most uh, uh, passionate hobby, which is like entertainment. And I think as much as that is bad and we're training a lot of people to use those things in ways that aren't healthy. I also think we're also inoculating a lot of people against this stuff. I feel like once the doors are open, you know how much Netflix I want to watch when I have the option of going to a house party every night? None. Like I've done yeah. that for a year. You know how much I, I'm a professional video game player. When work is over and I'm allowed to leave my house, I used to cancel plans to play video games. Guess what? I am never doing that again, or at least not for the next five to ten years. I'm going to go on every vacation, see every friend, because I understand the value of it and how fleeting and how easy it is to be taken away from me so much more than I did before. Like, I took all of that shit for granted, and I wonder if, like, when this is over, that level of, like, artifice and escapism and, like, like the opiate of the masses. I think people will not be satisfied working, you know— I mean, and they will have more actionable rage if they're working 12 hour shifts just to get home and look at Instagram and watch Bridgerton to pass out to wake up to work 12 hour shifts and they don't have health insurance. People will be less satiated by like the fantasy of Bridgerton for three hours a night than they will be if they're like, I want to go out and do things with my life and now I still can't. You know what I mean? Like 
people, when this is over, are going to want to go on vacation and some people can't afford it. And they're going to realize, hey, it's super fucked up that I was inside my house for this long and I still can't go on a vacation. Yeah. No, it's it's it also just the I mean, there's this, you know, there's an article about like all these people are quitting their jobs. And it's like, yeah, and all and a lot more people either don't have a job to quit or couldn't possibly imagine quitting their job and finding something else to do. And yeah. Like the, the the kind of the, the disparity it's like the disparities are like so much more visible and yet like weirdly so much more hidden it's like the strange thing where i don't know anyhow not to like we're spiraling out here into the into uh, once again into the uh, grand you know unified theory I know. but i but <laughs> That's i my favorite but, conversations <laughs> but back to the sex dolls ryan no um <laughs> i do think it's like yeah i do think that there's a kind of a cultural uh i mean i almost say reckoning happening because that's not the right word it's we're going but, through so much change so quickly that it's hard to quantify what the effects are going to be. Yeah, like I don't we in a year from now if we can actually get everybody vaccinated and we can like get the coronavirus in its current form like RoboCop under into under, con, under control if we can, but if we can get the coronavirus under control we may find a year from now. And listen, humans are in, incredibly both like stupid and resilient like part of our resilience is our stupidity like people will definitely be like i don't even remember what that was like because their brains will like for for many reasons just kind of erase the the, the time you know mm-hmm. and i think like we may find ourselves in a year or a year and a half or however long it takes when we've really put this thing to bed if we can actually put it to bed going like doing the same things feeling totally back to normal feeling like wow that was a weird thing that happened but like here we are like and where life is the way it was I, I think it's just as likely that we never go back that we never ever go back to whatever that previous i think like the the one two punch of an authoritarian fascist white supremacist running the country for 4 years plus you know ending with a massive deadly global pandemic has shifted the world on its axis in a way or off its axis rather and and what the net result of that is i can't i can't see right now like i feel like i used to be able to feel like i knew the path that everybody was on and i could go oh we're trending in this direction i think it's either like you know we've just moved through we're moving through now the end of one of the worst periods of 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 human history uh and and I know people will be like, oh, you're being ridiculous. It's like, yeah, like, no, it's actually unprecedented how bad things have been. Yeah. And 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 how much, you know, you know, racial disparity there is, wealth disparity, like just the the huge amounts of inequality that exists right now that we've allowed to um that we've allowed to just m- metastasize. So so we're either getting to the place where it now becomes so obvious and so visible and such an issue that we really have no choice but to like confront it and and do something about it or it's such a force of nature at this point it's such a you know it is it is like a skynet problem and it just is like it's on it's it's on it's on autopilot now you know and like we can't do anything to stop it and like i think both of those things are equally likely at this point you know, so so I'm just constantly vacillating between being very excited about the future where we have like green energy and, uh, uh, you know, we we have we have a wealth uh, equality and, and, and race equality. And, you know, like people can stop fucking caring if like stop doing making laws against trans people, like for reasons that nobody understands except like hatred, 
like it just like doesn't make any sense you know it's like oh they just hate these people like yeah. it's crazy you know that we're entertaining like racist open racist open white supremacists who speak about it openly that are in our government to me is like how can this go on like this like how can we tolerate this you know um so maybe there's but, a future but, where it gets better but there's also yeah, maybe, maybe a there's future. a future where it gets awesome like where we we get we, we it's it's exposed and it's and it's and it's dealt with in some way you know whether that's education or you know i don't know what but like but then there's the other future where it's like you know it's it's donald trump runs in 2024 and gets reelected <laughs> i mean I, I you know i i it's like as likely as anything i guess at this point i know i i honestly i do feel like some in some ways we're just playing popomatic trouble with the america um but we should yeah. um let's uh uh move wrap on up to nice move things. to nice things yeah i love it i'm loving it okay you start um okay uh, nice things. Number one, I went down to Orlando and um, double masked, vaccinated, uh, uh, only did the things we thought were safe, did not eat indoors, blah, 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 blah. Went oh to God. Universal Studios and Hollywood Studios and Disney World and had a wonderful time. Um, Disney Was it World, good? Disney Was it weird? Disney World's doing a great job. I'm like, I, I hate Florida. Was it, crowd- was it, I don't trust, was it crowded? I don't trust media conglomerates, but Disney did not have big crowds. They had everybody socially distanced. They were giving out masks. They were enforcing things. Their, all their protocols are great. Mobile food orders. All the ride lines were and outside. It's all, it's all outdoor, right? Like They're not doing indoor stuff. Even the are? indoor rides are are overly socially distanced when you get inside. And then outside, they have the line sneaking around the park or they have digital queues so you know when to return. Um, oh, interesting. Great. Disney did a great job. Universal did all the same measures, um, but it, none of it's working. <laughs> um, Universal oh, was super fun, and it's an amazing park, and I love that Disney has competition. But something about the thrill rides or the drinking or there's something about the environment in Universal where all the same rules and enforcement and attempts are not working at all. And I did not feel safe, and I'm vaccinated. I didn't feel safe the whole time. Um, it was just tough, yeah, rough I- stuff. <laughs> I know some. I know somebody who was like, I'm, you know, got vaccinated, and they're like, I'm going to go on vacation with my vaccinated friends because we need to just do something. And uh, uh, was they were basically like, I have to come back. I can't handle the way other people are behaving and the environment. It's like really dangerous. Yeah. And like, I, I, I kind of feel like hearing you describe it. It's like, yeah. I mean, I've, I'm, I'm fully vaccinated, but um, I feel like there's not a lot of things that I would do differently at this point. And I would not feel comfortable doing like normal things until like 80% of the population is vaccinated. Well, um, totally understand. And like we, we made, Oh, I'm not saying, I'm not saying like going to like an, a park outdoors or something. I mean, you know, like an amusement park, like I would be, I would almost be like, yeah, we felt the same way, but it's funny because you, you, we know what the best safety procedures are and, but it's to watch people, um, Either you can tell that they slowly gave up during the course of the day or um, to watch people just completely like think that uh, like a theme park is an Ali Ali Oxen free zone where nothing matters mm-hmm. is just mm-hmm. it was just eye opening because I'm like, oh, so this hasn't sunk in. None of this has sunk in with you over the last year. But in any event, I wanted to just say the Hollywood Studios has a new Star Wars section of the park that is fucking incredible. They have a ride called Rise of the Resistance that is the most immersive, coolest experience I have ever fucking had. I do not want to spoil it for anybody, but when you get the chance to go to Hollywood Studios and do Star Wars Land, 
It will knock you on your ass. I had a wonderful time. It was so cool. Um, it was really, really, really great. There's multiple rides in that section of the park. It's so themed. John has watched like two Star Wars movies, and he walked away saying that was the best like theme park experience he's ever had. It was so good. So ranting about how good that was. Um, my surgery is coming up. Um, I'm getting uh, um, a bunch of things done, but I wanted to take a moment and mention um, that a lot of listeners reached out to me and said that they appreciated me talking about it. Um, but some of them wanted me to be more specific about what I was getting done um, and like more specific about the procedures to sort of destigmatize it. So I wanted to just say that I'm getting um, uh, uh, a bunch of scar tissue that's on my abdomen removed, which I've really wanted done for a long time. Um, and while they're in there, I'm going to get a tummy tuck and lipo because like once you got me opened up, let's go to oh it. God. Um, oh, my God. And then I'm getting um, uh, gynecomastia surgery, which is like a male breast reduction for like excess breast tissue. It, um, it's unsightly and it also puts you at risk for breast cancer, uh, slightly higher risk. And since I have a hereditary history um, in my family of breast cancer, it made sense. Um, and so those are the things I'll be getting done. And they're getting done in two weeks, so we won't have a show. Um, but, uh, uh, yes, so there is no stigma attached and those are the specific procedures to the people who are asking. Should I be nervous? Should I worry? No, I have How the nervous? best. Cause hearing that you're getting any surgery makes me very nervous. I have Dr. Steinbrook, who is the best male plastic surgeon in the country. He invented the techniques and the tools. Um, I actually want to talk to him. Maybe we could do an interview on the show or something. Um, it could be interesting. He's fascinating. He's a very nice guy. His whole practice is, it, there's so many aspects to it that are different for men that you would have never thought about. Um, but it really is reassuring to know that that level of thought goes into everything that they do. Um, and, you know, I'm the first person to be suspicious of, uh, of, uh, of uh, uh, medical procedures that require you to pay all the money up front, let's say. Um, right. Uh, uh, but I feel very safe and I'm very, very excited. Um, so there's that that I'm excited about. And then the last thing, final thing I promise is, thank God Derek Chauvin was found guilty on all three counts of murder, uh, the murder of George Floyd. Um, this is not the end for uh, defunding and shutting down the police, complete police abolition, in my opinion, or at very worst reform. Um, and uh, I, uh, but I think it's important to highlight how extremely rare a conviction on something like this is not just in that state, but also nationwide. It's extremely rare for cops yeah. to be convicted of uh, violence, even though they kill lots and lots of people. Um, and during the, um, during the ruling, even a young woman, uh, a young girl, uh, a 14 or 15 year old girl was, was killed by the police. Um, and you know, I, yeah. it, it, as much as it's a huge release and relief and such a nice thing to see, if not justice, like recognition by somebody in authority that what happened is so egregious and over the line. Um, I mean, even I mean, I'm on Long Island right now for a long story. I'm not going to get into, but I'm on Long Island, and <laughs> my Republican family members were even like, "It's cut and dry. Like that guy is clearly a murderer." No, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's, but you know, that's the thing. You're also like, I mean, yes, very glad that the verdict came back the way it did, but it's also like, hey, I mean, we've seen this before, and how many times have we seen the verdict come back in the other direction? And uh -huh. and and it's true that like the the minute you know it was like the minute the verdict came through, it was like people were already talking about the next police shooting, you know? And it's like, 
It is, it is, I did feel a moment of like, wow, maybe this now will be a signal. Even like, maybe this will be a signal to the cops themselves that like, you're not going to get away with it. And even that would be a real, somewhat of a relief. Like maybe they'll think twice, you know, maybe like to me, it's like, even if the fear, even if like our justice system doesn't get better, I'd like the idea to be, well, cops now are more scared of like going to jail for doing murders. And maybe that'll mean there's going to be fewer murders because like they want self-preservation is like their main goal anyhow. Like <clears throat> I just think, but you know, you only get a moment, a brief moment, uh, and then it's kind of back at it. Like we do have like, listen, it's one of many crazy problems in this country. I mean, we've had like, we literally had six mass shootings in a week or something here. Mm-hmm. Like I was listening to NPR and they said there were something like six mass shootings in, two, in a two week span, which is, I mean, we got a fucked up country. Like, we got to do something. There's a problem here, you know? Like, I mean, it's state-sponsored we, murders. I, like, I just, yeah. there's no... And we just teach people, it's like we're just teaching people to communicate with violence. Like, there just is some weird thing that's happening in our society, in American society, that says, like, an okay form of communication with another person is to is to do violence to them. And I think, like, there's something really fundamentally broken about, like, the way we're raising our kids and the way that we're arranging our society and the way that we care about the people around us that is like, again, it could go one way, it could go the other. And not to, not to bring us back down to the, uh, to the you know, dark Sex possibilities. Dolls. <laughs> Sex dolls. But, you know, anyhow, but yes, yes, thank God for the verdict. I hope there are more verdicts like it. But I also hope there are fewer and fewer reasons why there has to be a trial like that. That's yes. what I really want, and, uh, and, more uh, than and anything. To that end, I wanted to say, you know, we're not experts on this, and we're certainly not the voices most impacted by this, even if, like, I feel that as a queer person i have a unique perspective on police violence um i do think that there are especially black voices that need to be heard um to that end i wanted to say to pick up if if you're interested in this topic and you should be because it is fascinating and you're you might be sitting there being like well we need police don't be ridiculous um and you might be disagreeing with me or 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 abolition in general but i would i would i would push you in the way that i have pushed some people on this podcast to buy other books to just trust me for a second and check out abolition democracy by angela davis or um uh uh another book that i read which was um uh what is it called uh the end of policing by alex vitali um uh these are about abolition and sort of why the criminal justice system is so corrupt and so poisoned and needs to be rethought truly from the bottom up, not just for black America, but for everyone. Um, and yeah. that we will really truly see huge benefits if we move forward on these issues. Um, so I would recommend picking up those books because this does not end with one cop getting 10 to 40 years in prison. This has to end with like no more murders that we pay for, you know? Yeah. And, and I would say, I would say it's funny. I had a lengthy conversation with my dad about this and, and I think it's like, just like, you know, uh, it's hard to see the roots of all this stuff. Like, it, it's really, when you start to talk about it, like, and just sort of, like, we had a conversation, we were talking about, like, police violence, and I, I can't remember how we got on the topic, but I was sort of going through, like, the historical, like, what his historic, I mean, I, and again, I, to your point, I am not in any way the foremost expert. I've just read some things and and listened to some things and tried to, like, absorb. But, you know, when you start talking about, like, the historic structure of policing in america it becomes really obvious where there are huge like you know a huge problems conceptually like i mean you you have it explained to you some basic tenets of how the justice system works and you're like that's amazing that's so great and there are other things where you're like 
what the fuck? Wait, what? That's how that works? Are you serious? And just a little bit of, I think just a little bit of understanding goes a long way to go, well, okay, wait, I like, doesn't have to be this way. It doesn't have to be like this. Like, we think it has to be like that because you can't see the beginning point and you can't see how we got there. It's usually very easy to be like, well, this is how it has to be because you've never been presented with another way of it being. Yeah. And, and that's true for so many things in America. Gun control is a great example. Every, there are so many countries that where you can buy guns and use guns and people don't stop you. But because of the way they the culture around the guns and the way they police the guns. I the went way they to force a flea market to be trained. I went to a flea market in Orlando where I was offered. I, I, I went to purchase a small pocket knife so that I could do faster unboxings. Um, and they had a cool selection and I was also offered a flamethrower and a yeah. machine gun. And I did not need to show ID or write anything down. No. I could have cash yeah. purchased a flamethrower and a full suit of armor within a tent in the middle of Orlando. Just yeah. Know. So like, so, you know, and it's, I think, and I think that's the thing where, where, if you go back and you go, okay, wait, well, like, does it have to be this way? Or you look at other places and you say, well, okay, they're doing it and they don't have, they're not dealing with the stuff that we're dealing with. Like, you just have to kind of, you got to do a little bit of excavation, you know, I think in jet with any of these like massive systemic issues that we keep talking about. Anyhow, all right, we should wrap up. Yeah, I didn't do a nice thing. Yeah, give us something nice. nice. Oh my God, I'm trying to think. There's just so much going on. Uh, my big nice thing right now is that your new keyboard. Uh, it's it's spring. Well, no, I do have a lot of great new keyboards, but my, it's springtime, and we have a big yard, and we've just purchased a huge amount of new plants. And uh, Laura and I really like. Um, we love plants that kind of look like weird, uh, like not weeds exactly, but we're big fans of the kinds of plants that are not trying to assert their existence too much in the sense of like, they look like they like will be like kind of these overgrown sort of big things, but they kind of look like they should be there. I don't know yeah. if that makes any sense. No, like, there's a lot of like, I think there's a lot of like British gardening. I was going to say in, in an this. English garden. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not an expert on it, but I think there's a lot of this kind of mentality. There's some people who like their gardens that are like really prim and proper and they have like a little thing of flowers and they have this like bush that's in a shape. And like, like we're like, let this, like we're going to plant some cool stuff and we're just going to let it grow and like we've been like for instance like we have a fence here where we've been working we planted a bunch of honeysuckle and i'm like my dream is for this fence to just be overgrown in like trumpet vines and honeysuckles yeah. and like you can start to see like it's been a couple of years now and you can really start to see it like taking shape and so we just went to uh, a nursery we bought like hundreds of dollars worth of new plants and there was like a frost last night but like we're going to plant them this weekend i'm very excited there's 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 i think something truly and i know this maybe this just sounds like an old guy perspective there is something truly satisfying about digging in the dirt and 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 planting things and clearing things up cleaning things and like watching things grow there's just something very magical about it and also plants are fucking weird i mean if you've ever looked at plants or studied plants studied flowers like they're, they're just like, so bizarre i mean they're like biological the gadgets they're like little i mean they're machines. honestly Yes, I mean, they're, and they're also like so alien. Like, do yourself a favor and find a time lapse of a fiddly fig sprouting new leaves, and it will like terrify you. It looks like something from like an alien movie. It is like so crazy. Anyhow, so I'm in a I'm in a big I'm in a big like spring cleaning, spring planting mode right now. It's wonderful to get out of the house. We had a long winter. We had a lot of snow where we live. 
and so yeah so that my nice thing is just like getting out planting being in nature this is like the such a great time of year we can finally like open the windows it's like an incredible feeling to like be able to i mean especially after the year that we've just been through to feel like you can like breathe the air again like for for lots of different reasons it's it's been very good so yeah that's my nice thing it's planting get some plants plant some shit get a hey even if you've got an apartment get a pot put a plant in there watch it grow you know Do some it's pot. actually quite it's quite wonderful all right all right that's it we got to get out of here i will we will be back as you know but brian brian's gonna go under the knife which i hate and i'm very worried about but i trust that he's made all the right decisions and then when next time you hear from us, Ryan is Ryan is going to be beautiful. Hemsworth status. He's going to be like a new Hemsworth. He's going to be adopted into the Hemsworth family. If that's your cup of tea. <laughs> and we're going to talk all about it. It's going to be very exciting. All right. Goodbye. Goodbye. Well, that is our show for this week. We'll be back soon with more tomorrow. And as always, I wish you and your family the very best, though I uh, understand that your family was targeted by the hunter-killer syringe drones and the drones missed. <laughs>